I wanted to talk about uh, the God of the upgrade, the God of the upgrade and uh, the church at Ephesus. And we'll go to Acts chapter 19. We'll go to Acts chapter 19. If anyone ever asks you what sort of church we are or what church you belong to, uh, you can say to them we're a church a bit like uh, the church at Ephesus. Because this is a church that went through an upgrade. And every one of us needs to be upgraded continually. And it's really, it's really important that, uh, you know, you, you find a way of being upgraded and you keep going there. Uh, in Acts chapter 19, uh, you see God come into a, com- as you see God begin to invade a community that was just very human and very limited. And it was definitely a place of small beginnings. And we shouldn't despise the place of small beginnings because often God uses places where there's not much. And God begins to invade that place. And at the end of the day, you would have to say, well, that had to be God. It couldn't be good luck. It couldn't be good management. It couldn't be anything else but God. And this is really what happened here. It's important to continually be upgraded. Like people do this, uh, you know, in the workplace. They're always looking for best practice. They're always looking for the best ways to do things. And it's like, it's a policy of any successful business. But often in church, we just find our level of comfort and we stay there. And because of that, we never go any further. And, uh, you know, every one of us can absolutely have amazing breakthroughs in our life if we decide we're going to go to the next level and we're going to improve what we're doing. You know, a a marriage that is really, you know, having difficulty just by making a few minor adjustments, you know, the whole thing can be turned around and I've seen that happen. And it's the same with, uh, it's just the same with our spiritual life, it's the same with our church. This is the thing that I know is that in the kingdom of God, nothing stays the same. Nothing stays the same because the kingdom of God is advancing and it's bringing change. Wherever the kingdom of God invades, everything changes. And, you know, if the kingdom of God really invades our city, everything about it's going to change. The way business happens is going to change. The way people do life is going to change. So we've got a choice of being um, a a church that doesn't rock the boat and and, uh, a church that is more involved around what we want or we can become the church of the upgrade. And I want you to remember this because I want you to be able to say it to people you know, to, to give account for the way you are. You know, if people say to you, why do you believe this? You need to be able to say it. But uh, my journey's been very much one where I came into the move of God. I thought I was in the move of God. But uh, hang on, there's a little spider just hanging there. Can you see him? All right, we'll deal with this bloke. 
yep, he's dead. <laughs> That's how you handle demonic powers, just like that. So I came into the move and we were sort of having a, I was part of a denomination then and I thought we're having a move. And then I went to the School of the Prophets and I always remember in uh, September 1995 and at the end of it, uh, Dr. Jonathan invited me up to say a few words and I, uh, I shared uh, some of the things I saw about the future and he said, this is Brian, he has, he has joined the move of God. And I looked at him and thought, what the heck are you talking about? It was almost like I was a little bit shocked by what he said because we all think that we're in the move. And I want to explain that this morning uh, because you don't want to miss the move. You know, you want to be on the edge of what God's doing and, and living on that edge and catching that wave so that you can come into everything that God's got for you. So sometimes we're just living on the outside, living on yesterday's revelation. And it's okay, you know, because we're feeling okay. But one of the things that I really was highlighted out of this conference is the way the world really is. And I want you to know that the world is really not okay. And, uh, you know, even as a church here, we've stood up for what we believe to be truth. And we've got into a little bit of, uh, you know, on the wrong side of some people because of us doing that. One of the words over there was, and, and this was highlighted to me because I had a dream. I have a lot of dreams. And God speaks to me through those dreams. And one of the dreams that, that uh, in this dream, I was getting dressed up uh, for some kind of an event. And I was getting dressed up in, in sort of like medieval costume and I was given a sword. But it was sort of like there was a touch of unreality about the whole thing. And I looked at someone who looked quite normal to me. And the Lord said, that person is going to become your adversary. And it was a strange dream. But the, the next day in the meeting, it was either Pastor Bakari or Dr. Jonathan said, the fights that you've had up until today are a dress rehearsal compared to what's coming. And I want you to know that church today is a dress rehearsal for what is coming because this is the times that we are living in in the nations. It's really amazing. And we need to become the church of the upgrade, like the church in Ephesus. Because what God did in the church of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19 is he took a small group Say that, a small group. And he began to upgrade that small group of faithful believers to being an incredible, fruitful army in the Spirit. And this is what God wants to do in this church. Say this church. God wants to do it in this church and he wants to do it in churches all over the nation. He wants to upgrade us. He wants to bring us to the next level where we are beginning to see the move of God take place in our community. The thing is here, if you don't keep up with the move of God, you become outdated. And when you're outdated, you never know. You know, uh, 
when you're outdated, you're, you're the only one that's not aware. But everyone else is. And in a natural way, we can be updated. We can be very trendy and we can dress well. But spiritually, we're living on yesterday's manner. And we need to come to that place. If you don't keep up with it, you'll quickly become updated. Today's technology is changing, changing, changing. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have had an iPad up here. And normally I don't because I like to write stuff in, you know, in my notebook and, uh, you know, I've got it there and I can keep going back and refer it. But this iPad was given to me just a few years ago and now I can't download all the apps. It's like the system on this little laptop, which looks exactly the same to the newer ones, can no longer do its job. And that's why a lot of Christians are like that. They're no longer able to bring the change, to usher in the change that needs to happen because they've actually never been upgraded. But the problem is you never know it because you know what you know. And sometimes when you know what you know, you are completely unaware of what you don't know. And this is a problem. That's why churches become static and, in fact, why they stop. Dr. Jonathan, when he was here, he said this, the church of the future, or sorry, the future of the church is the church of the future. The church of the future. It's a church that is built the way God wants it. And the problem that I see in church in the nation is that the nation is slipping out of our grasp. I really see that. The nation is literally slipping out of our grasp and life is going to be totally different. Just one, I could talk about this all day, but I read something interesting the other day that the ownership of Chinese uh, or the level of Chinese investment, I've got nothing against Chinese people at all, but our family farm is being sold. And just in one year, the level of Chinese investment has grown 10 times. That's amazing. Something's happening. Change is happening. The world is changing. Attitudes are changing. People's thoughts on government are changing. But guess what? The dear old church of the living God is very slow to pick up what's happening. And it's important that we do this morning that we, we pick up what God's doing and we're sharp and we understand the times and the seasons that we're living in. Like the sons of Isaac, they knew the times and the seasons. These guys were literally the timekeepers in the nation. They knew the, they knew the feasts. They knew what was coming. But do you know what? We don't. So we know what we know. Do you know what the biggest enemy to revelation is what we think we know? And God wants to bring us to a completely new place. So the church, the future of the church is the church of the future. The church that is built the way that God wants it. The problem that I see in church and why the impact is low is it's built around the natural. But that's never the way that God intended it to be. 
When Jesus revealed the church in Matthew 16, he said some very, very powerful things. Matthew 16, verse 13 onwards. He says this, upon this rock, I will build my church. We don't want to build this church on any old rock. We don't want to build this church. Say this after me. We don't want to build this church on any old rock, on any old foundation. We want to build it on the rock. Jesus said, I will build my church. Not me. He said, I'm going to build it. I'm going to build my church. So all we've got to do is line ourselves up with him. And he said this, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. What are the gates of hell? You know, when Jesus made this statement to his disciples, he was literally standing within eyesight of what they used to call the gates of hell in the place of Caesarea Philippi. But today, the gates of hell, what are the gates of hell? The gates of hell are literally broken marriages, broken relationships, depression, illness, division, all the different agendas, even the, you know, the cultural Marxism, the LGBT, all these things are the gates of hell that are trying to advance into the territory of the church. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. In other words, if we do it God's way, the kingdom of God is shut to spiritual forces that seek to invade it because it's built according to a pattern. And I want you to know that this church is being built on those patterns that come from above. And this is why I think the way I do. I like the way I think, most of the time anyway. The gates of hell shall not prevail. They won't advance. They'll try. Do you know what? They'll try. Listen here, the gates of hell will seek to advance into your thinking, into your life, into your marriage, into your family, and, and change your sort of mode of operation because then, it's like we just open it up and we're an easy takeover. From the beginning, our adversary, the devil, has sought to take place in the house of God. But here, Jesus is saying, hey, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church that I built. The church that man's built, that's different. Do you know there's two types of churches? There's a church that Jesus is building the church of the living God, but there's man's church, built man's way, built for man. And it's like, come on in. And it's a problem, right? He says, I'm going to give you the keys. Jesus said, my church, I am going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And he says, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Do you know what that relates to? 
It relates to answered prayer. It relates to answered prayer. You know, everything we've done here is a result of answered prayer, like hard work for sure. But God answers prayer. And here he says, I am going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. I tell you what, if you want to see things change in your life, Start praying. Start asking God. Start getting specific. Start pushing into Him. This is God. This is our church. I always also wanted to say this, that the hope of the nations is in the church. The hope of the nations. The church, the future of the church is the church of the future. I'll have a look at this. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. And it says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. They tell me that that word exceedingly abundantly is the longest Greek word in the New Testament this is just useless information for you. But that word is hupa ek periso. Hupa ek periso. I reckon that's a memorable word. I learned that from Pastor Bakari. But basically it means this. Now to him. Who's him? Gosh, you're quiet. Who's him? God. A little bit more specific. Now who's him? Jesus, right? Now to Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. This is amazing. If you look at it, you can be thinking something. You can be thinking, I need a miracle. We need our city to change. But that word literally means that anything that you exceedingly above what you ask or think. You get it? So we can be thinking, oh, Lord, bless our church. Give us the increase. But God's always got something far bigger than that. He's got the city in his mind. In other words, what's happening here is going to create a little bit of a disturb out there. Now, you just didn't see this, but one of our leading businessmen just walked in and stood there for a couple of minutes at the back. And I thought, what's he doing there? And then he took off out the back. You don't know what's going on. I think God's put this church right in the middle here to create a disturb. And the first person's got to get disturbed about that is guess who? Because it's really easy preaching in a warehouse in a back street where no one knows where you are. But when you're, you know, the doors open into the business community and there's people out there listening to you, something's getting disturbed. And I'll tell you why. It is because God's literally upgrading the church. This church is not a contemporary church. The roots and foundations of this church are apostolic, which means there's an upward call on it. Because Paul said, I press toward the upward call. Do you ever feel uncomfortable when I preach? Hands up if you do. That's okay because I often do myself. <laughs> Do you know why that is? 
because there's a disturb. There's a, there's a realignment, there's a repositioning going on. God wants to upgrade his church. He literally wants to get on the inside of your mind and mess with your mind so that you can start to think like him. Because we think church, four walls, comfortable, nice facilities, nice kitchen, nice carpet. Didn't get that in the upgrade, but I like everything else. But do you know what I mean? People love that. But Jesus is not into comfort. He's into upgrading and empowering his church so that the church can change the community. Anyway, moving on. We doing okay? Not losing you? All right. Let's have a look at this. So the hope of the nations is in the church. I'm a local church man. I believe everybody needs to be in church somewhere. And it really pays if you're in a church that's being upgraded. If you're in a church that's comfortable, it's not the place for you. You know, sometimes for a season while you're going through things, maybe. But God wants to take you out of religion and he wants to make you part of the church of the living God. So there's a huge problem on planet Earth. We talked about that. Our job is not just to look after ourselves. Our job is not to live a quiet life in a bubble. Our life is not just to build up our superannuation and make sure that our kids are well educated, even though it's smart to do that. But we're here for far, far much more than that. And, uh, you know, Jesus, every time he intervened, he started to change the way that people looked at things. For instance, in John chapter 4, verse 35, he's w walking along with the disciples and straight away he begins to challenge the mindset. And he says, lift up your eyes. Obviously, they're walking along with Jesus, just looking at the ground, possibly kicking stones. And he says, lift up your eyes and look at the harvest field. For they're white under harvest. Now, I'll tell you, if the, if the fields were white under harvest 2,000 years ago, they really are now. And we've got to start to get our eyes on what God wants to do. Lift up your eyes. You know, sometimes we're walking along and we're kicking stones and thinking, I wonder how I'll pay the bills this month. I wonder how I'll get through school. You know, I wonder how I'll handle situations at work. I wonder how I'll handle my kids. And we're looking down, kicking stones. And our focus is not right because they're things that are worrying us. And we've moved into a survival mode. But here Jesus said, look up and look at the harvest fields because they're white. That means he's about ready to do something. And, and you know, he's trying to change the way that they think. Forever, God's trying to change the way that we think. Because if I can change the way you think, I can help you live a different life. It's my job. It's my job. And it's just not me, you know, playing with your mind. I'm part of something. And every time I go back, my thinking gets confronted. I first, I first heard, heard Pastor Bakari uh, 20 years ago, uh, sorry, in 2001. It's 18 years ago. And I was so confronted by what he said. Can you remember it, Lynn? The first time? I'd probably give us some words that I remember, but they're rather confronting, so I won't say them here. 
They're literally that confronting. So the hope of the nation is in the church. If, if the hope that is in the church does not become a reality, then we are in trouble as a nation. Now, before I really get stuck into this, firstly, God's greatest miracle ever is mankind. In Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man in our own image. And that's what he did. God's greatest miracle is people just like you and me. Why do we see so many problems? Why do we see so many broken lives? Why do we see so many unfulfilled promises? Why do we see so many people living on the outside of the will of God? Why do we see so much unfulfilled potential? And that's what this is all about. Because we serve the God of the upgrade. You must realise that God is the God of the daily upgrade. When Jesus said to the disciples in Luke 11, he says, they go, how do we pray? And he goes, you pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Ross Smith preaches a great message on this. Give us this day our daily bread's not really talking about food. Although a bit of that helps. Maybe a bit less than what I've been having this year. But it literally means a download from heaven. Give us our daily download from heaven. You know, when you turn off your laptop at night, going away from the iPad to the laptop at the moment, it goes through the updates. And all the updates come down into that computer. And if it doesn't get its update, within about three or four months, that computer will be working slow as and shut down. Do you know what? We've got to get back into this position of saying, God, I want a daily upgrade. Jesus said, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. So people are often just living on something they learnt years ago. And they're surviving on that. The interesting thing about the manna in the wilderness, the manna was good for one day. When it, if you tried to store it, it went rotten and mouldy. So we are built in such a way that we are meant to have a daily download from heaven. And I'll tell you, the strongest Christians are the ones that are, have got this picture and they go, that's how I'm called to live. Say this, he is the God of the upgrade. He wants to upgrade me. He wants to take me further. I am a miracle. I'm made in the image of God. I've been created for more. His spirit lives on the inside of me. I am filled with the potential of God. Amen. That's who I am. That's a reality I'm sure you could not disagree with any of that.
So most of our problems that we have come because we lose our forward momentum. We stop before we get to where we need to. In Ephesians, there's two books I, I would like you to look at. Or Acts chapter 19 and Ephesians, the whole book of Ephesians, because both of them relate to one another. So if you want to understand Acts 19 and you want to understand Ephesians, look at the two books and check them out. In Ephesians 1.18, Paul prayed this. He said, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And it goes on to talk about that you may know the hope of his calling. I believe the problem with the church in the nation is we don't know the hope of his calling. And we're living far, far below the potential that we were born for. Am I preaching to the right mob here? We are living far, far below. You read Ephesians and it says we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers. You know, let me tell you about principalities and powers. They're big dudes that rule in the spirit over regions and nations. They, they affect the way that people think. They also are downloading. Do you get that? They're downloading into the way. They're downloading far, far quicker than the way most Christians are receiving. And there's your problem. But Jesus said, or Paul said through the Apostle Paul, but you were seated far above principalities and powers. You were seated in the heavenly places. It's like there's all this stuff going on down there and you are given a place of authority here where you can go stop that. Do you know that's the job of the church? Stop that. Knock it off. But the problem is, we're seeing it from ground level. This is good. Now, let's move into this. The hope of the nations is in the church. Just get to where I'm at. The upgrade. Let's have a look at the upgrade. Acts chapter 19. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. It's a little group, a little bunch. There are actually 12 of them. We might have 80 or 90 here this morning. But here there was 12. And something begins to happen. Firstly, the upgrade of the Holy Spirit will bring you into a new experience. Say it after me, the upgrade. Come on, some of you are not saying it. The upgrade of the Holy Spirit will bring me into a new experience. And I'll explain that. And it says in verse 2, And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard that there was a Holy Spirit. They hadn't been upgraded. Yeah. Yeah. 
And he said to them, into then what were you baptised? And so they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptised with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who came after him, that is Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Instant upgrade. He brought them into a new experience. They were baptised. You know, if there are people that haven't been baptised in the church, part of the upgrade is you need to get baptised. But not only that, the next verse, the next verse says this, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Do you see the upgrade? It was like, here they are, 12 regular dudes on the ground, just living life and having church in a cosy. Do you know what a cosy is? We're not even concerned about anything else but our own experience. But that is religion. That is not true faith. We must capture a vision for what God wants to do and go further. Let's say we need to go further. I'm not leaving you where you are. I'm a bit of a, I'm going to drag you along. Say this to the person next to you, he's going to drag you along. Joel just smiled. Been doing it to him for years. It began to move people further. You know, we need to know the past. We need to value what God did in the past because it's a reference point. But we are talking about the church of the future. And the church of the future is a church that's getting an upgrade. You see here how within a few minutes, Paul begins to confront the current paradigm. And our paradigm needs to be confronted. Amen. This is why you have new people come into church and they go, whoa. And the oldies are just. I have to laugh at the oldies on our Facebook page too. They always put thumbs down. What the heck's that? Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, help the old guys. So he brought them into a new experience. What was a new experience? Baptism. In water, baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the laying on of hands and the speaking in tongues and prophecy, most important thing. And we need to preach it in every Pentecostal church today because most of them have stopped doing just that. It's true. There's very little praying in tongues in Pentecostal church in our nation. There's a lot of speaking with forked tongues when they should be praying in tongues and getting the heart of God and coming to the next level. First thing is that the upgrade of the Holy Spirit will bring you and I into a new experience. Number two, the upgrade will always create controversy. Yep, the upgrade will always create controversy. In verse 9, got a f- figure I uh, think I might have uh, be jumping around a bit here hang on the upper up yes 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 I'm right on the right track for the upgrade will create forward momentum that creates controversy controversy is part of Christian life if you are living it the way that you should it is it is here what happened 
It says, now the men were about 12 in all, so there would have been a few women in there. And he went into the synagogue and spoke for three months, reasoning and persuaded concerning the things of the kingdom. But some were hardened. That's interesting, isn't it? Let me tell you, whenever the upgrade comes on the church, not everybody wants to be upgraded. That's why Jesus said, you can't put the new wine in the old wineskins. So some want to stay. So maybe for you, you've been staying where you're at for too long. And the upgrade is almost like an offence to you. It's time for the upgrade. It's time for me to fly. It's time for me to go to the next level. It's time for me to find the God of the now, like Amy was talking about. Don't just stay the way you are. Come on now. Come on, smile at me. Man, we were born to fly. Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. We are not called to be earthbound, but sometimes when the upgrade comes, we go, oh, I don't like that. What are they, what's he mean that's an old baptism? What's he mean I need a new experience? What's he mean I need to change the way I think? I like the way I think. Gosh. The upgrade will separate you from the wrong people. Hey, it's simple. The upgrade separates you. This is why we used to have the Catholic Church and then we had the Lutheran Church and then we had the Baptist Church and then we had every other church. But see, what God was doing was through the Reformation, he was upgrading the church. But some people said, no, I'm staying here. I'm happy being a Lutheran. Well, I I was raised Catholic and I've gone through the whole lot of them. And I'm here now. I'll tell you which church I belong to. The Church of the Living God. It's easy. So the name on the door, it's just there to satisfy the law. Yeah, we're city builders. That talks about our DNA. But I'll tell you what church you belong to. The Church of the Living God. Well, most of you. Just looking. (laughs) We're also the church of the disturbed, the continual disturbed. You've got a disturbed pastor, that's the problem. The upgrade will separate you from the wrong people. I thought you could be friends with everyone, I thought you could reach everyone. I thought all Christians thought like me. I thought all Christians believe the Bible. I thought that, but they don't. And you know, when God gives you the upgrade, there's a separation that happens. Do you know what my old pastor, who I loved and now is coming back to our area, he used to pastor the Salvos in town here. And he got a revelation of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he said, everybody's got to do this. I tell you what, he thought he was going to create church unity. 
Well, the only person he had unity in the city with was was him and his wife. (laughs) When you get the upgrade, there's separation happens because you start to see things differently. Do you know what I mean? I serve the God of the upgrade. I'm beginning to see things from way up here where I used to see it about, oh, but how do they feel? And yeah, that's important, but I'll tell you what's important. More important than what, how people feel is what God wants. You've got to come higher into the realm of the Spirit. It's hilarious watching some of you. Funny. You were just poker-faced. Still love you. It's okay. Say this, oh, I need an upgrade. The upgrade will separate you. Jesus said, I don't bring, to be, bring peace. He came to upset the apple cart. He said that. Well, not the apple cart. You just got to read the word. You know, Lynn and myself, we used to have these enormous parties. This is BC, before Christ. One night at our place, we invited about three or four people around for a beer. And it ended up we had 400 people there. Because we were very well-known, sociable people. Anyhow, I became a Christian. I got born again. And I said, guys, come to church with me. Next party I had was like this. I had about 12. (laughs) You see, there's less people at the top of the mountain. Everybody can get to base camp. They've got a few cheats now. They actually fly them to the summit of uh, Mount Everest. So it's almost like Burke Street for the last 150 metres. That is fake. (laughs) Hilarious. No, no, no. We are getting called up. And it will create tension. It will create controversy. Because God called me out of the church that I was raised in. I remember the controversy that created. We were born for a bit of controversy. I mean, how boring is life? Unless you have controversy. That's why you like me, admit it. (laughs) Uh, Some of my critics listen to this message message they go, see ya, I told ya. The upgrade will separate you from the wrong people. When you become properly connected with Jesus, your circle of friends changes. But you'll have the right friends. Man, I've got friends now that have lasted a lifetime. I don't lack true friends. The upgrade, verse 10, will take you into a life of discipleship. But when some were hardened of the way, that's a bit about controversy that I want to pick up there. And what? And they did not believe but spoke evil of the way. That's sort of current news, isn't it? Some became hardened. And they spoke evil. Do you know how you know people are hardened? They speak evil. They fire bullets. They try to defame and discredit. This is literally 
What happened here? You see, I believe our city's a bit like Ephesus. And God has planted some disciples, but now he's upgrading the church and he's upgrading it. And, you know, people are starting to get a hang and it's cracking. Whoa, there's a tension here. You know, the politicians know we're here. They know we're here, believe me. You know, some people who, who really hold differing views know we're here. And we've only just begun. Because the God of the upgrade is going to bring us to the next level. He's going to bring us to the next level. You wait and see. The upgrade will bring us into a lifestyle of discipleship. If we want to go to the upgrade, if we want a full upgrade, we've got to move from being a believer's movement to being a discipleship movement. Paul took this group, a handful of believers, they had a heart for discipleship, and he began to make them a people movement. What we have in the nation is we've settled for a believer's movement but we now need to become a discipleship movement. Amen? Amen? Come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Come follow me. Who are you following? Hey, parents, you need to pick up on your discipleship skills because the devil, through the system, the principalities and powers are downloading quicker than you could believe. You don't know what's going on. And you don't really have to. But you've got to be good at your part. Discipleship movement. The upgrade will cause a breakout. The upgrade, if there's no upgrade, everything will stay the same. Right? But if we continually upgrade it, if we continually go into the next level, if you are continually going, I want that next breakthrough. Jesus, I want you to speak to me about this next season. If that's our attitude, then eventually what's happening in here is going to break out everywhere. It's going to break out into the world. Get ready for the breakout. Get ready for the breakout. Michael Coffey, get ready for the breakout. Get ready for it. There's one way to avoid the breakout. Refuse to be upgraded. I just love this lifestyle. I was a quiet little Catholic guy when I started out. My pastor prophesied over me, said he's so shy, but, but he's going to begin to walk. He's going to begin to crawl and he's going to begin to walk. And in the end, he's going to begin to run and he'll begin to shout. He prophesied that over me. I remember the night, I remember the place. And I've grabbed hold of something. I'm continually upgraded. This is what I love to do. I love to position myself with true apostles and prophets who can take you further. And that's the reason. Like true prophets, not fortune tellers. Amen. 
That's another message. The upgrade will cause a breakout. In verse 11, now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. Unusual miracles. Unusual miracles will happen in this church all the time. I just heard a couple of them this morning. Jasmine just told me of an incredible miracle she's happened. Carl also told me about a miracle that happened to him. He's only been once. But he's had a very powerful miracle. Do you know what? This is a result of the upgrade. If you have no upgrade, you stay with your infirmity. If you have no upgrade, you stay with your chronic difficulties and problems. You stay, you maintain your, your negativity. You know, negativity is an infirmity of the spirit. But when you get upgraded, you can live above. You can live beyond. And the upgrade will cause you to break out. I'm just going to break out. Haven't even started. I'm going to stand for politics again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to say somebody to something that's going to disturb them. Come on. You don't want these little flaky little career politicians that'll change all the laws and sell our nation over there and bring in this for their political expediency. I'll tell you what, this is the jobs of the church to change that. Amen. There goes Lee, he's leaving. <laughs> the upgrade will cause a breakout. You'll break out. Say it, I'll break out. We serve the God of the breakout. We really do. This is where we're going. The upgrade, this next bit's interesting. It says, this is, this is what it'll do. The upgrade will uncover false religion and spiritual strongholds. It will. It will. As the water level raises in the city, as a true church with apostolic foundations that is submitted to Jesus Christ in every way, as it begins to rise, it will uncover false religion and spiritual strongholds. Verse 13 to 15. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? False religion will become exposed more and more and more and more. Do you know how you tell? You'll have to watch my Facebook group to find out. But already you can see the false church emerging in cities and nations because of what it's aligning themselves with. This is literally happening before us. It really is. True and false. And the more that you give yourself to the spirit of truth, the more you'll see what's false.
If I put two $10 notes, one real, one counterfeit, I used to work in a bank, and I held them up, you cannot tell the difference. But you know, in the old days, you would flick through the notes, and you would get so good at handling the real notes that you would pick up the counterfeit, and you'd go, that one is wrong. You know, if you have not got the spirit of truth in you, you won't know the difference. But Jesus said, I am gonna, I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to pray to Him and He's going to send you the Spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him. But you will know Him. You will. That's why walking with Jesus and walking with His people and walking under a true apostolic covering and mandate is the safest place to be. And people out in the world are going, what's the truth? We're now officially living in a post-truth era. Post-truth. Not us. They exchange the truth for a lie. They exchange the truth. That's what the church is doing. The Bible warns about the last days because even the elect, even the elect will become deceived. Warning, warning. You better make sure that what I'm telling you is the truth. You better make sure you're hearing from God and just not got some human opinion. But we got to dig into this. Amen. Every time the church rises, false religion will begin to manifest. It's going to happen more and more and more. You wait and see. And you'll know there's one big sign and it slapped me in the face over there. I always knew it, but when it came, I thought, Wow. Well, forward movement. The upgrade will separate you from the wrong people. It will give you a life, uh, bring you into a lifestyle. It will cause a breakout. The upgrade and uh, will uncover false religion and spiritual strongholds. And here, what happened? Hey, this is funny. You know, this, this is how God's going to deal with a false religion. Then the man with the evil spirit was leapt on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. If you see any dudes running down the highway in the nude, it's probably religious people that have tried to cast out a devil. Just a bit of an audience down the back there. That's all right. <laughs> you read it. It's all there. Then they became, this became known to all the Jews and Greeks and fear fell on them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was manifest and made known. There's one way to make Jesus known. You've got to get upgraded continually. You've got to seek it, chase after it, long for it, live for it because it's your daily bread. Do you know what? We don't want to make religion known here. Religion is like a cloak of good behaviour. John the Baptist's baptism was one of behaviour. You repent for your sin and you're baptised. But the baptism of Jesus Christ is a baptism of fire. Fire. Passion. Life. Power. God's going to bring his church back. 
There's a new move coming. The upgrade will make Jesus known. The upgrade is going to make Jesus known. You feel it? You see it? It's going to happen. Also, many of them who practice magic. Do you know what? The only thing that's going to break the power of the occult, which is very real, is a church that is walking in full apostolic power. It's the only thing. It's the only thing that's going to do it. I need more. Do you know what? I'm expecting another encounter like happened in the book of Acts. I'm expecting it. It's coming. To this church and every church that really wants God to show up if they'll seek after him and live for him and build it God's way. He's going to show up. What happened in the upper room is going to happen in every nation. Again. Again. Romans 8 is going to become a reality. The sons and daughters of God are going to become manifest. Everything is going to manifest. You know, the Spirit of Christ is going to become manifest in the house. And the Spirit of Antichrist is going to go nuts. That's our day. That's our day. How do you get ready for this? How do you get ready for this? You connect. You get connected. You get in the furnace. You start to address the areas, but you get into a place where somebody can upgrade your life. Somebody has got to upgrade you. And it's the Holy Spirit that does the upgrade. But I'll tell you who's upgrading my life, the apostolic men that I just connect with. What's it all about? It's about Jesus becoming known. You know, when I had the vision of this church 34 years ago, over that archway, I saw in my mind, written in yellow writing, which will be there one day, Jesus is Lord. That's this church. This is no casual happening. This is a place, there's not a lot of us here. This place is born of God. There's an apostolic call over this house to you, to the city, the region and the nation. Amen? This is one of the places, not the only place. This is a place where God's going to break out. But do you know what the biggest barrier to that can be? You. Because we can go, no deal. No deal. No deal is a better way. There's another move. Well, there is. But this is what God's doing here now. Time for the upgrade. Time for you. Time for your kids. And I tell you what, when you pick up this, your kids will respond to you differently. They will. Your friends will respond differently. Jesus is going to become known in the community. Not some meek and mild Jesus, but the radical Jesus who, who loves, who uh, represented God, who released healing power 
That's the Jesus that's got to become known to the community. Amen? Amen? Amen. Are you in? Yeah? Good on you, Jill. Anyone else in? My wife's in. Anyone else in? Come on. Anyone else been on the outside and just hanging around and flirting with it? Do you know what flirts are? They don't mean business. They want to play games. The church in the nation is full of them. But there were 12 that said, come on, take me further. Jesus, how do we pray? How do we do this? Amen. How? This is what's going to happen in Gippsland. There's a breakout about ready to come. Man, they can't stop you. They can say, why do you go to that church? You be proud of it. It's the only thing you're allowed to be proud of. Yep. Man, I tell you what should be pretty cool when all the, you know, all the people that have been involved in sorcery come and start throwing their books and say, how do we get set free from this? That'll be good. That's real church. You know, most churches now, sorry, the sorcerers are just happy sitting in there. Anyone here? No? Give me a hand if you want to get set free from that. <laughs> Just turn to the person next to you and say, is he talking about you? No, only don't. <laughs> this is how you flush them out. But it's true. It's true. We are ready for a move. We're ready for a move. Get ready. All that work, Carl, God's getting you ready for something. Come on. God's going to use the old guys. Says it in Joel chapter 2, 28. The young guys, they're pretty good, but the old guys know a trick or two more. It's amazing what I know that you don't know. (laughs) You ready? I tell you what, you'll see every young person in the city turn up. If our young people will go, I want the upgrade, you'll have every one of them. Every one of them, the whole bunch. The whole lot. It's a choice. Amen. Good days. Ready for the upgrade? Ready for it? You know, they're in the upper room and they go, and there's got to be something more. They knew, though, they knew 50 days, they knew, had read the scriptures. They knew Joel 2.28. They knew it. They were looking for something. But it's going to happen in every nation, in every city. Every city. But can I ask you, can he get through your head? Amen. Don't give us some cheap counterfeit. Give us the God of heaven. Fill our church with the Holy Ghost and power. Come down here, Lord, and change us like, whoa, whoa. That's what it's going to be like. Amen? Let's have some worship and we'll, uh, you know, if, you're, if you need 
an upgrade, just start looking for it now. Jesus. The church of the living God. It's not a tidy church. It's got an edge. It's confrontational. It's got a touch about it. Come on, there's more. Who wants the upgrade? Sometimes we're like a coal and we've been out in the fire and we need to be thrown back in the fire. Need to be thrown back in there. Jesus.